What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. All right, everybody, welcome back. We have another very, very awesome, very, very special guest here. Jason, I appreciate you getting on here with us. Everybody is so excited to speak with you. So before we get into the questions and we're, we've got a lot I wanna talk about, can you give everybody, I should say, can you give the one person who lives under a rock the uh, 50,000 foot view of you and your career? <laughs> sure, yeah. So I just, I kind of embarked on this journey of, of wealth creation uh, from 22 years old. And my goal was just to set out to become financially free. I went around the houses a bit. Uh, I kind of became obsessed with this idea that I could uh, have zero living costs. And as an engineer, I kind of got to work and calculated this kind of almost became obsessed with this this calculation of reducing my living costs and and covering them from some kind of income that I didn't have to work for. Okay, so um, and then it evolved and I kind of went into more the more free I became, the more uh, I wanted to serve. And it was kind of this self-fulfilling thing. But I, I noticed that the more free time I had, the more I could focus on actually doing stuff that I wanted to do rather than what I didn't want to do. And by the time I was 29, I, I was in a position where I'd been through you know, different investment vehicles. I, I had some passive investments. I had some stocks. I had some uh, businesses. And uh, the last piece in the puzzle for me was learning how to uh, speculate. So um, that was the most challenging time. But once I kind of nailed that, uh, that was kind of the complete piece of the puzzle. And that, that really allowed me to get to where I wanted to go by the time I was 30. And since then, I've been helping people, really businesses and um uh, you know, people b get control over their finances and, and do the same. What do you think at 22 inspired you to think that you could warrant that? What gave you the balls really to think that you could be financially independent and have the income to cover your expenses like that? I'm just curious. Okay. So it's a couple of things really. So when I was, um, when I was 30, well, I grew up on account on, on like a, an estate, right? So it was a council estate, all different types of walks of life. And they had one thing in common, right? We used to all congregate on these steps at the bottom of my block uh, on a Friday night. And everyone just, and I was 13, I remember this vividly, everyone moaning about money constantly. Like, oh, I've had this week, that week, you know, money's even, oh, these rich people, all that kind of stuff, right? But what mm -hmm. I found fascinating was uh, literally um, about half seven, this guy called uh, Roy used to come down from the top flat and he'd take everyone's money and buy a syndicate lottery ticket. And then for the next half hour, what they'd be talking about is how they'll be spending it and what they're going to be doing with the money. And you see that like they literally spent it in seconds and their faces all light up. And then it was all like, oh, if only. And then I just remember thinking, you've just been like saying how bad money is. And now you're like talking about how it's going to rapidly transform your life for the better. And I didn't know that like, I didn't have anything sussed out then because I was I was a 13 year old kid. But I knew there was something not quite right. Right. And uh, and I just thought. I've got to, you know, I'm not going to be like my parents when I'm older. I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. Anyway, um, leading up to my 14th birthday, I wanted this BMX, man. It was a Mongoose Menace Chrome. I remember, uh, dude. I, I remember. Right, with a gyro. And, uh, and my, it was about six months away and, and we didn't have like no money and it was 210 pound with the trick nuts. And I said, oh, look, I really want this uh, bike. And my dad was like, I tell you what, if you raise half, I'll pay you a hundred pounds for your birthday. And I was like, 
game on. I, did, I had no idea what, how I was going to do it, but I just, That's you know, awesome. what could you do? You're not going to say no. So uh, the first day I go out on the estate and we had this green. It's like a triangular green where all the cars parked around. And there was a lady called Lynn who lived on the corner, had a white golf. And I spent literally hours washing this golf, right? Because I was terrible <laughs> at washing cars. And I, and I didn't want her to, like, not pay me. So I'm, like, scrubbing it, squeegee all this kind of stuff, rubbing the tires and all that. And it's getting dark. And I go up and she gives me five pound plus two pound tips. So I've got seven pound. And that night up in my room, I had my mate Gareth up there and he was like, oh, I'll help you tomorrow if you like. And I was like, oh, I can't really pay you. I'm trying to, you know, save for the bike. And my dad came in my room and he said, I'm just going up to the supermarket. Do you want anything? And, and something made me give him the entire earnings for that day, right? So I gave him seven pounds and I said, get another bucket and another sponge. And I'll 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 get that hey, together. Right? Like and the it. next day, the next day, my eyes were just like we done four cars. We had our mate Jack, Jason, Lloyd, all of us. By the end of the summer, there was like four kids doing this round, and me just knocking on doors, getting the money, and and going, look, do you want the do you want the car wash? And it was a massive eye opener because I got the money for my bike in no time. But then I also um. You know, I also realized that if you use money the right way, you can leverage you can leverage time. And, and if you use your time wisely, you're more free. You're not doing the work that you don't want to do. You're getting the things that you want. And it was a massive eye opener. So I kind of was excited about being my own boss from day one. And it was only when I kept talking about. So here's what happened. I put this plan together where I was like going to kind of be this multimillionaire and um i i got to the point where i kept talking about starting my own business and i was with my wife and kept saying i was going to do it going to do it going to do it and then we found out we was having our first son so uh that christmas we just moved into a bigger house and the, the son came along and i just thought if there's ever a time where i've got to make something work right it's now I've got January blues, the Christmas debts, the baby, the bigger house. I just went, I'm leaving, picked up the phone, left, gave my voice. You know, I said, I'm not coming back. I'll, I'll work my notice. I'll work four weeks notice. And I, I went back in January thinking they'd give me four weeks. They gave me six days. And I was like, right, that's it. Deep end. Right. So yep. my son really made, as soon as I had that, that the first son, completely shifted my mind i got a plan in place man i was thinking like a hundred years into the future at that point uh and with an engineering mind i kind of structured what that would look like in all areas of my life you know what would that look like in 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years and i kept going and going and going um so yeah complete mind shift from having and a kid and like the kid yeah and i've heard that before that having a kid can help you um shift into that long-term mindset but it's interesting how similar our stories are dude because i have a story not to like backtrack too far but my dad tells everybody that i'm an entrepreneur at heart because when i was 13 similar age maybe it's there's a parallel there maybe a pattern at 13 i took my mom's jewelry while she was in the shower and, and i was raised i'd say like upper middle class so she had a good amount of jewelry we're talking maybe fifty thousand hundred thousand dollars at most right i took all of it in a in a box and I went down the street to a garage sale and I tried to sell it, all of it. And my dad stopped me before I could get rid of it. And he's like, there's something up with you. Cause I was always the kid shoveling snow, always the kid trying to find an extra yeah. buck the same way. But that's amazing how you just said, you know what, instead of me saving this $7 and $7, $7, $7, $7 till I get to my hundred and then I get my bike, let me put this to work, right? 
And like, yeah. I mean, that is that just shows it was in you, bro. Like that is pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's very cool. I, I, I've had this conversation a few times about whether you know whether you're born entrepreneurial, and I've always kind of thought I wasn't until I think back at that time. And I remember going around and, and the, the way that I pitched the cars, I wasn't just asking for a car wash. I was actually selling. I was saying, look, we're not just normal. We use a squeegee on your windows and things like that. And I think back and I think, what kid says that? You know, what what kids right, like? Right. <laughs> right. What, what kid knows to focus on the benefits and and kill out any of the the cons that the person at the door would say? Not a lot of thirteen year olds are yeah. thinking like that. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And I also wanted to touch on something you said. I know you know Dr. Steenbarger well. He speaks about um, the mindset of poverty versus the mindset of abundance. And it seems just like from where you came from and the people that you were around in your younger life to now, you've almost shifted from the mind being around a lot of mindset of poverty to being in a mindset of abundance. How important has that shift been to you? That rich, you don't want to call it rich dad versus poor dad, but that rich mindset versus that lack of mindset. Extreme, yeah, extremely. I mean, as I say, I remember, I mean, same estate. I remember sitting down, there was a lady called Denise and I, I, I remember her turning to me one night and saying, you don't sound like your mum and dad. And I was like, that's because I don't, and that's because I don't want to be like my mum and dad. And that's what amazing. I'd done is I'd made, I'd made a conscious effort to start speaking differently. So like I was trying to, I was trying to separate from that whole way of life uh, from a very, very young age. And not because, you know, not to be horrible to them or anything, but I just didn't, I didn't want all that confusion and contrast around money and be unhappy. I knew something weren't quite right. So as I got older, I realized that if you, um, if you ask, if you ask certain questions, you get answers. Well, if you ask any question, you get answers, right? So if you're to ask yourself, why is this happening to me? You're gonna, you're ne all you're gonna do is go down a rabbit hole of, and find loads of reasons why it's happening to you. Whereas if you ask, you know, how can I get around this? You're gonna find that answer as well. And I just kind of realized that certain people were giving me the right answers. Certain people were asking me the right questions. And I wanted to get around the people that would ask me the questions where that aligned with my vision instead of, uh, you know, keeping me back. And I spoke in my podcast, right? I, I left, literally left the town I lived in to get away from all that because, there was too many people pulling me back to the pub and, and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, yep. I needed to get I needed to get mine, so I had to have a no. break. But since then, I, it's I been the a thing. yeah, it's transformational. I mean, I've I've continuously invested in my self development, and that's continuously got me around higher and higher level minds and peers sure. and mentors, and I, and I'll never stop doing that until I die. Sure. I last year I paid a good chunk of change for me and Riley to go to a retreat in Jamaica with just 10 other people. And we were the smallest little fish in this pond of seven, eight, nine figure earners each year. And I went into that opportunity exactly like you said, I need to cut the check to invest in myself, to be around those kind of people. And I want to go into it to learn and to take from them as much as I can, as much as they're willing to give. And you know right. what I mean? Admit where you stand and then be willing to grow. You said something there also that struck a chord about the way you were asking yourself the questions. I totally agree. If you ask the right questions, you can create the answer almost. With the power of language that you had begun to master, would that translate into other skills as well, other like pros in other business areas because you started to understand how to speak a little bit differently? And where did you learn to ask the right questions too? Absolutely, yeah. So asking the right questions was just through 
just through momentum of progress, I guess, you know, I realized that, uh, in fact, my son, he's just told me that he's going to do a triple backflip, right, on a, on a trampoline. And I've seen, when, seen you guys doing the videos on, on your story. Yeah, right. And he's out there every day trying to do a triple backflip. And, and when he started to do backflips, the first thing he said was, I'm never going to be able to do a backflip. And then I said, that's not true. You know, uh, you ask yourself, how can you do a backflip? And then it became, all oh, right, well, how can I get better at backflipping? And it was like the mattress and the quilts and all that kind of duvets and then take one yep, layer yep. away and all that. Yep. And now whenever he goes to learn something, it's not, I can never do a triple back. He goes, I know I'm going to do it. I just, I'm just, you know, I've got a while yet before I can get it. And that's it. So with relationships, it helps. Right. And I just figured that with anything in life if you ask the right questions you'll get the, if you ask the right questions you'll get the answers to those questions and uh, if people just switch from going you know why is it so bad to you know how is this good you know right. what are the, what are the benefits of this thing happening uh, you know look at the news i mean it depends on on your agenda of course but the news just promote negative propaganda but that's their Always. that's their agenda Always. it's not but right. they don't talk about all of the, you know, the coronavirus. They don't talk about all of the advancements in pharmaceuticals and no, how we've never. grown as a society and no. all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like get they're, that, they're waiting know. for the domestic violence statistics to spike up so that they Absolutely. can make that the headline. They've got that typed up and ready to go. You know what I mean? And that feeds into almost like a, a human condition that we love almost to see other people in pain. But then, like you said, there's these elite group of people in every industry that actually don't look at things like that. They don't look at life like a zero sum game because they don't have the perspective of my life sucks. So your life has to suck. They have it where right. I have this, how can you help me? And we grow together. Um, no, I think that that's so awesome. And even back to about the language, something I mentioned to you before, I wanted to ask you about your website. You actually break down wealth building, what I would call wealth building, what I think most people would call wealth building. You break it down into like four separate subcategories, wealth mindset, wealth accumulation, wealth acceleration, and wealth inspiration. So how would you explain to us someone, like, again, I'm 25 now, so I'm three years older than Jason when he just got started on his journey. And now here I am talking to you. So I am almost a younger version of you. Mm. What could you explain to me or to even a 45 year old guy that wants to get started and hasn't, it's like, yeah, I want to build wealth, but what the, where do I start? Yeah, right. So first of all, it's, uh, so yeah, my newsletter is structured in, in a four, four point framework. And the reason I do that when everything I do, whether it's a podcast newsletter, the inspiration parts, really the actions, the actions you can go and take immediately. Whenever I do something or provide any type of content, I love to be able to give something that people can go and do immediately to feel progress because that's Definitely. that's great. It, 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 it builds a great audience. It builds a great- That's how um, you keep going. Yeah, motivates base, Right, yeah. So so that's that's something I like to do. But, you know, the, the whole wealth thing is, is more complex than some people think, but not as complex as other people think, right? So for instance, when people think about wealth, they think about just money, right? They think about just a monetary kind of aspect of wealth. And that's not, although that plays a part in it, wealth is really about time and how much time you've got. Because when, the more wealthy you are to me, the more financially free you are, the more time you've got. That's it, okay? So money isn't necessarily the key driver because if your living costs are $500 a month and you earn $1,000 a month, well, you know, there you go, right? You've, right. And and if you earn that thousand dollars a month, if you earn five hundred of that from going to a job and five hundred from a 
from a kind of passive income stream or a you know a digital product or a trading income or a investment sure. return sure you, you've you've literally don't even need to go to work to do the other 500 you can just sit there in your pants right, right. so uh, or your your briefs or whatever you call them over there right, <laughs> right. so so really, when you think of it in terms of time, you can kind of paint a picture of what's important when you're trying to build wealth. And really, it's living costs, it's your liquidity and how much savings you've got, and then it's your the type of income, right? The type of income that you're bringing in. Not something that you've got to go and exchange time for money for, not something where you're stuck in one desk in one location, but a free kind of income. So... Once you know that, you can really start thinking about the route to building wealth. And as you say, accumulation, it really starts with saving. Because when you've got some savings in the bank and you've got three months living expenses in the bank, your survival mechanism brain just is Shut at off. ease. Yeah, it's yes. just like, okay, we're all right for a few months now. And there's a return on investment just by having that, by the way. Absolutely, you think absolutely. You create better products, you love, you care, you better relationships. It's 100%. you talk to your employees better, you talk to your right. It's, it's just 100%. a no brainer. And people come to you and they say, Well, I, I don't feel right having like 10 grand, 15 grand in the bank. I feel like it should be doing more. And I'm I tell them, just have it as cash. Like, just don't even put anything into the market until you've just got that. And then, then yeah. you can start thinking about putting money in the market, right? So, yep. accumulation is accumulate saving. And then it's about accumulating as much income as possible. So that is things like uh, business, you know, controlling your source of income. It's about uh, highly efficient and highly profitable sources of income, not this kind of one-on-one -on -one and all this kind of, you know, all this exchanging Correct. type of money stuff. Yeah. But it's also about, you know, accumulating assets. So passive you know passive fund funds um you know mutual funds index funds things that are gonna be low risk low time low skill low energy lower reward lower return but they're building up in the back of doing better than the interest rate in the bank on your savings right so sure. that's sure. kind of accumulation and then acceleration is where you start really jacking up your income where you start looking at speculation when you start looking at stocks and 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 buying businesses and all that kind of stuff and if you can kind of allocate your investment account in a way where you're not jeopardizing the bulk of it which is the accumulation and you can dribble in a little bit of speculation then the entire average of the of the investment account grows and that's when that's when you can build some really sustainable long lasting uh, wealth right no that makes total sense what's your opinion on in that accumulation phase because like you said some people will say that they don't want to keep three to six months savings that that was always my my dad taught me that at a really young age pay yourself 10 percent at least of everything you make always and always put that nut aside it doesn't need to be invested you need a safety net what speak out a little bit more i think just because it's not talked on enough the value in going from because I would look at it the same way, the accumulation phase to the acceleration phase. That mindset there where the survival in us shuts off and you can actually think, wait a minute, I don't need to make a decision today about if I'm going to eat or not, basically, if we're going to pay rent next month or not. I can make a decision that is not only a little bit long-term, more longer-term, but also I think a little bit more holistically beneficial to maybe the people around me, right? Yeah, yeah. So take trading for instance this is the best scenario lots of people try and get into trading and they're thinking about going full-time straight away and immediately they're thinking about 
paying for the food on their table with their trading income, right? Now, you know, Always. as well as I know, how inconsistent trading income can be, okay? This, right? <laughs> let's, let's be honest. We're thinking about average over time. We're not thinking yes. I'm going to do 200 pounds a day. You can't, it's impossible. Right. There, there's some days I don't have any income from trading. Some months I don't have any income from trading, right? It's right. an average right. over time. That, that's that's right. it. So if you haven't got that structure in place where you've got something to fall back on, and then you go and try and feed, if you think learning to trade is stressful, try feeding your family with something where you've got all of your eggs into speculation, right? And you've essentially, instead of building a, a, a robust pyramid, you've built a pyramid upside in, down. Exactly, it's inverted. And, and you're literally going, crap, now I've got to make consistent returns per month on trading. I've got to. Well, it's impossible. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty much impossible. So uh, that you're not going to do very well doing that. Okay, so it's best to have a buffer and have something working for you that's much lower risk. Okay, and, and I'm talking about like, so there's two types of people. There's there's the people that go full bore on trading, right? And that is yeah, their, yeah. they're going for it. And I know plenty yeah. of traders that do really well without doing all the savings because what they do is they just go straight into trading and they're working on it full time and they're gunning yes. for it. They, yes. They're going to get there, right? And they build the skill they've got all the time. But I'm talking about the average person who's trying to do it while they're at work and kind of an hour yes. a week yes. and all this yes. kind of stuff, yes. right? Yeah. It's best to do it the way that I just explained. It's not best to go. I agree. <laughs> and no. when you do go live into trading, make sure that you've got like six months, nine months of, of, of tested kind of results and a buffer in there as well, because you want to start trading at the top of that, not at the bottom of it, and then go, what the hell's going on? You want to go, oh, I did that over the last 12 months, and now I can start, and I've, I've got an average over 12 months that I can think about in terms of what the consistent income might be. Because if you divide up the, you know, you divide it all up by 12, you'll get an average consistent monthly income if that's something you need to do. Why do you think so many people jump into the trading with that mindset of like, I need to make it now, I need to make it now. And they don't even get educated. Like I, when I got into trading five years ago, I could show you like my trader's way broker statement. It's like $100 account, blown, $100 account, blown, 100 one to 1000 leverage there i didn't even look at education i was like oh broker oh money okay here take it you know what i'm saying yeah right i think it's down to a couple of things right so one it's uh one it's the way that it's been really advertised you know a, sure. a lot of the early gurus have had it off haven't they they've had a they've had a whale of a time ripping people off mm -hmm. and taking all their money um now what's really interesting is the likes of you know you and the likes of me and the, and the kind of decent guys out there you're seeing the messages of those guys change i don't know about yes. you but i'm seeing it change i've seen one oh, of them stuff on, on youtube oh i'm right? sure it's flattering so, um and and you know 10 years ago eight years ago they wouldn't even know who i was they'd probably spit on me if i was in the street now they're copying my videos so that's that's really cool because that's really what i set out to do when i did it but um so there's the way it's advertised but there's also this whole people just will always try to avoid pain and seek pleasure, uh, you know, and try to get this golden oh egg, right? Get yep. bloody golden egg. And what's really fascinating is you see this in market behavior when you look at the charts. Oh, 100%, if, you look 100%. At, if you look at the last 10 recessions, what you'll see is the bears jumping out the window and the bulls taking the stairs, right? So we crash, 
And then it takes a long time for us to start getting confident again, to go out again, to start going restaurants again, right? That's that's exactly what happens in the markets. And that is just the way that people are going into trading. It's like, avoid that, get something that's quick. You know, I, you know, I don't want to put the hard work in. I just want to get rich quick. And that coupled with the fact that there's so many adverts out there and people leading people up the garden path, it's just, yeah, it, it's no wonder. And I feel like, like you said, I love that. Avoid plain pain and seek pleasure. That and now you got me thinking. I'm like, if you look at like the S and P on the daily chart, it probably looks like that. That crash where everybody comes in at the top, and they come in, and they just start throwing it around, they crash, but then some of us slowly piece it back up. We slowly Absolutely. make our way back up over the course of a couple of years. I always when liken it to this. Kind of goes yeah. back to the animal brain as well, because like that amygdala part of your brain the bit of brain that you need to you need to put at ease with the cash savings um it's the amygdala and that's what keeps you surviving and and if you think about when we were like in the caveman times if you was outside your cave and you had a lion 100 yards away and you had an apple mm -hmm. tree 100 yards away you would run from the lion and stay in your cave okay before you ate and then it would be days before you crept out and got the confidence to go and eat and, that's, and that is human, like literally human behavior has not changed in yeah. 3,000 years. And you can see it in the market. Avoid the pain. And, and yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. When, no, it's funny because the brain itself, as I've gotten more consistent in my trading in the last like three years when things really have gotten better for me, I found that there are so many really awesome traders that do share strategies that can work. So it's really about finding a strategy that works for you, you know, than finding something that lines up. But then I learned that psychology and in here requires so much more learning. And even to things like that, like knowing how to put language, like we talked about before, how important language is, putting language to the part of your brain that actually creates reactions that you then take out in your trading. Just understanding yep. how that works has been a huge step for me. What inspired you to take trading from something that you said is basically pure speculation take that skill, take that business savvy to then translate it into other ideas. The podcast, Always Free, the newsletter. How did trading and success there inspire you to lead people to overall wealth building? So Always Free uh, really came around, it was a saying that I used to say, and what it was is when I finally got trading down and it was kind of the last piece in my jigsaw puzzle for my wealth building, I... Um, I found myself a lot when we were always having gatherings or if we were going to plan something to go out with friends or they were going to come over, it would be like, oh, check the diary, check the diary. And I'd say, yeah, whenever, I'm always free. And it became this like cat trade thing. That. And they were like, you're yeah. always free. They're like, you're a drug dealer or something, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> whatever, you just you just tell me when and I'll be there. And it became this thing. And then I, you know, the, the, the more of that kind of, I realized that people were saying, I was saying that a lot, I thought, you know, there's more to this. This is it's more than just a saying. It's me. It's actually me. It's my life story, my life philosophy, my life strategy. It's about being free, being free and able to focus on meaningful work so you can become a better person. You know, you yeah. can be more loving, more caring, more calm. You can provide more, support more. And it became much more. So I started talking about it. And um, it kind of spiraled on from there. Trading has helped me massively in business. It's helped me, you know, it's helped me think like other people more. It's helped me be more objective. It's helped me be um, a master of risk. Okay, so I can calculate risk. I'm okay with risks. 
I can't remember the last time I got stressed about anything, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I've like, you know, I live quite comfortably, but I'm, there's certain things that can really trigger you. And I think mastering trading and the psychology of trading has really helped me see the good or bad in everything. And, and just, you know, that nothing can kind of, nothing can rile me from it. So great. I I recommend that everyone learns to trade. Like, I think it's a great thing to learn to do. It's such a, a deep self-discovery process. I agree. Do you think that everyone will become successful if they commit to it for a long enough period? No, right? It's impo- not, not everyone can become consistent. No, I'm very, very cautious of words like everyone, everything, always. Sure. You know, it, there's never there's never that. It's, it's sure. You know, I could say I'm always free, right? Until you free your time up so much where you think about choosing what to do every day then you're never free because you fill exactly. it up with stuff so my exactly. next my next podcast never free <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i wanted to ask you to you had me thinking a little bit earlier not to backtrack super far but as you went through this transformation whether it be from you know um the small town the small mindset into the big mindset whether it be the small trading account into the big trading account who supported you the most i know your wife has been with you riley's been with me from the jump like there's always a powerful woman behind every powerful man but what about your parents like brothers sisters did anyone really close to you there before her so to speak support you or help you or put you down no there was um there was a lot of people that put me down yeah for sure uh, my wife i'd say is really uh, one of the very f- i could probably count on one hand uh, back then the people that supported me my wife was one of them there was a lot of people that looked up to me and i found that was a problem because when you're just surrounded by people who look up to you and have kind of got you on this pedestal when they're saying oh you're so successful you do so well you have to be what you have to be careful right because you can become complacent and also you're only successful and doing well on their perception. So of course. what does that mean? Well, is that what position is that person in? And if I was in their position, would I look successful? Yes. But do I, does that mean I'm successful? Does that mean I want to go where I want to go? So you need to kind of be aware of that. Otherwise you can get fat, right? You can get complacent and you can be like, well, I'm, I'm actually not reaching my goals i'm not actually getting towards where i actually set out to go and now you you become a bit cocky and a bit proud and all that kind of stuff right and that's that's not good either i, I prefer to be balanced but really the support uh i can say um was massively down to my wife you know really? massively down to my wife yeah uh not many not many people i can feel obviously as i've gone along and my circle of influences has, has changed there's a lot of people rooting for me now and i've got some really close uh, friends that really want me to do well and everything that you do you know they're supporting you 100 percent. but back then no just my wife not my parents what do you think not my... why do you think that is why why is it like because when i met riley i was at a point basically similar back to your story where it's like all of these things happen and then it's like oh and we're moving like literally same thing happened to us like where you had to leave you know you were like i'm leaving all i got six days now right same thing it was like oh we're leaving and then it was like you know all of these big we're leaving the job leaving this partnership leaving the house everything happened why do you think that what do you think it is that they see in us what characteristic is that um i i guess a bit like my investment account okay i didn't start by taking mental risks, I started slow. So I would take, I'd do some crazy stuff and I would, I would go outside the norm, if you like, but I would make sure that it worked or at least it worked more often than it didn't work. So I'd kind of weigh, I'd say, look, trust me, 
I'm going to do this. It's going to work. Bang. Make sure it works. Okay. And then you've proved to someone that you can actually get results. Not that you have to prove to someone, but it puts their, it gives them, it gives them confidence in you. Just right. So, yeah. 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 So then you go, well, you know, I did that thing. Well, I'm going to do this thing now. And you go a little bit more higher risk and a little bit more crazy. And it's like, you get the little wink of approval and then it's like, yeah. let's go. And then after right. a while, because you're getting results Trust. constantly, Trust. you don't, it's like, oh yeah, I trust him 100%. Like whatever he says, I'll just go along with it because you know yeah. it pays out more often than it doesn't. And it, I'm not and saying it always think, pays out. No, that's 100%. You're, I totally agree with you. And I also, the only thing I would add is that like I find Riley balances my weaknesses really well. Like the things that I suck at, like for bookkeeping, my books, bro, 2018, 2019 were a mess. Like I just, I thought I was keeping track. Well, no, not even close. <laughs> but now, 2019, 2020, they're perfect. You know why? <laughs> I don't touch them. I can spend the yeah, money. Right. I'm allowed to spend and I'm allowed to make the decisions with the money, but she organizes all of it. So one of the things that we balance, like you, I think that that's attractive too. Like a thing that I'm attracted to in her as my business partner is that she does do that. She balances. So there's a, there's a pro to it in, in that sense as well. Hit the nail on the head, mate. I mean, I, I think it would do well for everyone to realize that everyone is just trying to fulfill their highest values. That's it right? You're just trying to do what you want to do every day, every minute of every day, you're trying to do what you want to do. And yeah. what we do is we, we, if most businesses understood that, by the way, they'd have a lot more clients and they'd have a lot more raving fans. Cause if you can just understand that that client only wants to fulfill their own values, that's it. They don't care about you. They don't care about the other person in the group. They don't care about anyone else. Amazon does themselves. that very well. Amazon Absolutely, is the king of that. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that if you just accept that, right? Now, they say that we get with someone, we mate with someone who we want to delegate what's not inspiring to. And they've got their own set of values. We've got our own set of values. And they're usually opposite. So you might have a partner where one person loves business and finance and, and kind of that kind of thing. And the other one's probably likely to be more relationships, more social, more. And, and the reason that is, is because I don't want to do the family thing. <laughs> she doesn't want to do the business thing, but we need both. Opposites so attract. Understanding, understanding that that's her highest and these are my highest. It's a case of going, well, how can we both help to empower each other in those areas? And there's no doubt that Sarah's made me more um, compassionate, more understanding. Because I, I, I grew up with very kind of, you know, prudish family, couldn't really talk to my mom and all that kind of stuff. Now I, I talk to my kids and I've got that side of me where I didn't have that before. And now Sarah understands a bit about business and how, how we're doing here. So it's, it's great. Good Absolutely. balance. With everything that you have going on, as you're explaining all this to me, how do you find balance to see your kids, see Sarah and spend time there? Because I feel I've seen on your wall, you have that big calendar where you block stuff off and I'm sure yeah, you do right. similar to me. Right. So how do you find that balance? What What do you, because again, I'll find the balance and I'll make sure that I'm taking time away from the screens and away from business. But then there are days like, especially with quarantine where I'm here and I'm here for yeah. 15 hours, 16 hours, and I'm, I'm going to get the mail and I go for a walk and I have lunch, but I'm, I'm here and I'm mentally here. So how do you separate that? If you could give us any direct examples. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I guess structure and routine is, is key. Yeah. Like having calendars and diaries, it sounds very regimented, but I'm telling you, you know, you'll be much We're more human beings. It works for us. 
Yeah, you'll be much more content and you'll be, you'll have something to look forward to. You'll have relief. No one's like wondering, there's no uncertainty. It's like, all oh, right, this is it. Okay, this is great. Sure. You know, I can all, we yeah. can all get on with our own thing. Um, having a structured calendar that you actually stick to and you treat, you know, again, a bit like paying yourself first. I make sure that I'm working on the most important thing when I when I structure my get, like that eighty twenty principle, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So in my get shit done side of the calendar, I'm making sure even in that that I'm working on the most effective thing. Like I don't I don't want to just sit here and do some you know uninspiring stuff for the sake of it. I'm I'm, I'm go for it. So when we're in a when we're in a situation like this, I mean, I think it really nothing. Nothing gives transparency like a crisis. And I think during this time, again, it's really, really highlighted people's highest values. You've got people that are just climbing the walls to get out. And you've got people that like business. They're like happy as a pig in, in crap, right? They're like, I, I love it. Like, I can't, I can't get enough because you're, but as you say, if, you, if you're not careful, we can go over into that gray, muddy area where it's just like one yes. day becomes 50 and 50 days before you know it, the year's gone and you just think 2020 was one day. <laughs> and, right. Uh, right. <laughs> and that's where you just have to have discipline, right? It's, it's just like yes. shut off, no, go out now, trampoline time or, you know, dinner and time. It comes, I feel like I wasn't able to really feel that until I was able to shut off that survival part of my brain. So for people that are getting into trading, if you could Good point. maybe maybe share some, thank you, yeah, share some of the advice that you give to new traders that are in that accumulation phase, and maybe not even just traders, anyone that's new in any business, because trading is very similar to yep. any other business. What would you say is like, and I know you said you have to have that nut, that safety nut, but take it away from the like the tactic. Mm -hmm. What's the mindset that I think you need to settle into if you could give us any idea like, that you've seen be successful for new traders in that position where they, they aren't, accumulating much yet how do they settle in now yeah okay so for traders any business uh what you were what you said was right you know it can be really hard to just pull yourself away if you're in that kind of i've got to make this work kind of stage because my life depends on it kind of thing and you're just mm -hmm. the, the problem is with that you'll end up just it will never be enough You'll find yourself just like, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, but I'm doing yes. this and you'll burn out, right? So whenever I see any business person succeed, trader or, you know, or service business, zero sum, zero skill, whatever it might be, it's the ability to block in time to work on the business, see a bigger vision. So in trading, it would be a process, not you know, when the income's going to come, but having a structured forecast of when that is likely to come, but all the steps that need to get there so that you've got a kind of non-overwhelming, broken down, tiny little baby steps to, to, that just lead up to an inevitable result. So with yes. business, you hear people say all the time, you should be working on the business, not in the business. Mate, mm -hmm. I don't want to work in my business ever. I want to, I want to like always work on it. I want to be outward facing. I want to be the voice, the, the kind of the thought leader. Right. And the more you can do that, the more you can block time just to go in this hour or this two hours, I'm not going to think about functional tasks. I'm going to think about vital tasks. I'm going to think about 60,000 foot view down on what this all looks like. And you start coming out with better ideas. You start coming out with a, a strong kind of 
value system in your business, you come out with philosophies and strategies. And in trading, it's the same. If you've got like, if, if you know your numbers and you've got realistic expectations as to where you're going, instead of just looking at charts all day, go, right, now I'm gonna spend these two hours just looking at what my trading business will look like in five years. And just get like, get present with what that looks like. Where will your income be? Where will your life be? Will you have kids at that point? Where do you wanna go traveling at that point? What are you looking to spend? in five years time then look at the, the where you are on the map in trading and go well i know i've got to test this i've got to test that i've got to tweak that tweak that i need a contingency plan for that i need to you know refine this and you're looking down on it it's not like oh god i've got all this stuff to do and you're just looking at a, a trading view it's like i've got all this stuff to do but yeah if i break this down now let's focus on getting stuff done in the quarter what have i got to do in the quarter this one big task how can i break that down break it into seven main like set subcategories how can i get that done or break put 10 tasks per category and just start knocking them off you know and then it's like it relieves weight off of your shoulders it allows you to be more visionary focus on the process rather than the you know the the outcome and you're gonna you're inevitably get there that's a great answer do you think that um there is a piece of trading that can be considered an art you've mentioned a couple times already that it is objective, it taught you to be more objective, but do you think that trading and even building wealth, that there is an art to it, or is it very subjective or very objective? There is no subjectivity to it at all. Um, I think you have to be objective to achieve anything sustainably. Uh, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's like, there's principles to getting wealthy, but there's no kind of, if you follow this exact formula, you'll you'll do it because it, right. everyone's different. And and as you know, right. with trading, it's um, trading is very very much personality uh, based dependent. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, depending on what system you go for, it's very much based on. Your, I mean, initially your lifestyle and what you're doing, how consistent. Because yep. we're all going for consistency, right? So it's like you need to be consistent. That's the first thing. If you want to be a consistently profitable trader, the clues in the title, right? So start with consistency. When can you be consistent? That depends on your lifestyle. You know, what are you doing? How, how are you going to make sure that you keep up with this without having to go to the school and doing the shopping and doing a meeting and missing a trade and getting in late and right. So there's that. And then there's the feeling of wanting to be in trades, like opportunity, the urge to want to be the itch. I'm okay. I call it the itch. It's the itch. The itch, right. Like now so early on, I'm I'm like as active as hell. Now I'm like, I'm happy to take one trade a month. I, I want to take less. <laughs> so right. but that's how I've managed to get it, right? Um so there's that as well. And then there's the reward to risk. So you know, um, how some people are right being wrong more than they're right. Like I know traders who are, have a, like a 30% strike rate, but they get like a four or five to one on their trades on average over time. And that's great. But there's some people that can't do that. There's some people that would rather have, yeah, they're right. So there's some people that would rather be right a little bit more, but settle for a lower risk reward. And, and, that's fine. And all these things play a part in creating a successful system. So although there's principles around picking systems to suit you, there's no direct science. Like roadmap. Uh, right, right, right. There's no roadmap. There's no roadmap. Right. With your, um, with the company that you've now created, with some of the influences that you've had, 
Calafiore always being one of the first ones that comes to mind just because of our event hopefully coming up in October. Who yes. inspired you the most um, to get into trading and then to take trading up a notch? Because I'm sure there's somebody that you read their book, their video, who who really cranked it up for you? Yeah, I'll be inter I'll be honest with you. The um, I was before I went into trading, I was looking at poker and I was looking at so I just wanted a speculation vehicle. So that's all, all I needed. I was treating this very much as a businessman, and I saw I've got this investment account, and you know I just want to take a piece of that investment account and accelerate returns. That's all I wanted to do. So I was approaching it slightly different from most people, and uh, and I was looking at different courses and gurus you know it's a minefield it, it's a bit of a minefield but a bit when I settled... it's like you can't set, you can't go anywhere without stepping on a mine <laughs> it's true man and when i first started you know one of the but what's really funny is a lot of the people that i talk to a lot of successful traders the, the mike bellafuris and the adam grimes and all the kind of successful traders that i've met and spent time with they all kind of have this thing in common where they say the first thing i ever learned funnily enough is what I'm trading now. And although they went all the way around the houses, they went back to a kind of, you know, a modified version of what they did. And funnily enough, one of the best books that I ever read on trading was a book called Trade Your Way to Financial Freedom. That's a crappest title. I mean, it's like that you'd think that's the most gimmicky kind of get rich Scammy book ever. Right. Yeah. But it's by, it's by Dr. Van Tharp. And I think yeah, yeah, Van yeah, Tharp, Anything that he writes is is amazing. So I read this book, and there were some principles in there that I learned. Over the years, I went all around the houses, shiny shiny objects, all that kind of stuff. Now I very much trade very simple systems that can be kind of aligned to guidance from that book. And what's really funny is I realized that when you do learn a strategy, as you said, there are strategies that work, but they don't work for you. And the reason is because when someone develops a strategy there's so much more from that trader that they're putting into that strategy that you can't tangibly see so there's i always say look if you're going to pick a strategy assume that they can work but assume they're broken on day one and it's mm. your job as a trader every trader i know that's ever done well has understood system development and how to optimize and how to make something work like an old car it's like getting an old car and getting it on the road again. That's a bit like a trading strategy because although it works for that person, you can take the, the most profitable system in the world and it's traded well by one person, the other person's losing money. And that's because it doesn't work for you. It's broken. Right. So like, I kind of like see strategies as a product of your business. So like the iPhone, right? If as soon as they build this, they're working on the next thing because this is deteriorating. This is going, right. this is going down. And I see that as the edge. The edge in a system is broken as soon as you print it, right? It's, it's decaying. So it's your job to make it profitable. It's your job. And, That's a great and way to look at it. Understanding what goes into building that system and, and to make it profitable again is what's going to make you a successful trader because you're not focused on an off-the-shelf, I'm just going to do this and it's going to work forever. That's never right. going to happen. Uh, like you've got to yeah, you've got to be a business person. You've got to understand how to develop the system. And that just proves my point, right? So everyone I know has gone back to something they learned very early on, but they're just trading their own version of it. It's it's fast. That's that's fascinating. I love that you said assume that it's broken. It's almost like you need to deconstruct it to then reconstruct it and bring it back to life. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely, man. The trading strategy is such a tiny piece of your process. Such a small piece. Uh, yeah, honestly, absolutely. You can trade anything. Like, just literally, there's no secret strategy. You can, I, I always say this, right? If you woke up every day, 7 a.m., and you just bought the euro dollar, and your strategy was to sell it at 8 a.m. every day, that's all you did. Over the course of a year, there's only three outcomes. You'd be profitable, right. you'd be negative, or you'd break even. So right. like you can literally take that and then go, okay, well, what can I do to make it profitable if I was, if it was break even? If it was break even, that's amazing. Because then you're right. like, oh, now I've just got to make it profitable, right? <laughs> so it's like, where did I, where was I too tight with the stops? Did I not give top stops breathing room? Where, where can sure. I let the, the winners run more? You know, what about news that. events? How did that yes. So it, it, yes. when you get your head working that way, you become a system developer. And that's when you're going to be a good trader. It's not following someone else it's like going to work for someone else you're never going to be wealthy going to work for someone else you've got a very slim chance. never it's the same reason that signals will never make you rich why signals are you know what i mean like it's just there you need to be yeah so you laugh because you know it's like oh my god jesus but i wanted to ask you as well you got me thinking a little bit you meant you said a couple of things that got me kind of in the mindset that i've seen a lot of people succumb to i see a lot of people think that full-time trading is the answer and I feel like you, with your businesses and with Always Free and, and with every, you have literally proven that that is the opposite, basically, of the mindset that you need to be consistent in trading, right? Yeah. Right. So because if you treat full trading as like a full-time thing, you're in the survival mindset. I need to trade to make money, I need, right? I feel like that's where a lot of people come in and they make yeah. beginner mistakes. So my advice, so when I started looking for trading, I was really getting annoyed with my industry, really frustrated. I wanted to replace my income. And for most people that get into trading, that's their, that is their motivation. It's like, why 100%. do you want to get it? Because I hate my job. I want to get into my that, job. right? Yep. So all yep. I can think of at that time is I couldn't imagine ever, ever wanted to do any work or, or go into business. Right. I just want free time forever. I just want to be free right. for it, right? Every, right. every hour of every day, just sitting there. And, right. uh, what you have to understand is this. There's only one way to get money in the world, and that is from another human. And there's two ways to get it. You either serve a human and they pay you, or you beat them at a skill, right? And that is it. So once you know that, you've got to understand that you've got three desires. One is to uh, be rewarded and get the money. One is to do something that you enjoy, which you're probably not doing if you're in a job. And the third one is to um, is to actually feel meaning, fulfillment. So you need those three things, right? So let's just go through that. When you're in a job that you hate, you're not doing something you love, okay? So you're trying to chase something that will remove you from the job. So then you lose the job. Let's just say that you become full-time trader and you're trading. You're doing something you love and you're good at and you're being rewarded heavily for it. But you're missing this. You're missing this. Yes. And the more you're sitting there doing nothing, feeling meaningless, and your friends are at work, and you've you've played all the songs on the guitar that you could possibly get. You're like a rock star now, and it's like no one's here. Your wife's running errands, and kids are at school. You get a deep feeling to want to serve. You want to help people. And I know it's hard for people to understand that frame of mind when they're in that frame of mind. But you will. Yes. There's no way that you want to sit here doing nothing. Trading takes me no time at all now. And if right. that's all I did, I would literally be obese or I'd right. be like, you know. Right. No, 100%. <laughs> so you have to get your hands dirty and you, you, earn, you yearn for it. So not only that, when you do have free time, you're thinking more creatively. So you're like, 
Yes. What can I actually do that I would love to do? You know, not right. not I've got to get something quickly to get the money in. Right. It's like right. if I woke up tomorrow and, and I, you know, what would be the first thing that I'd choose to do? And then you can just build something on that. And so many people couldn't even answer that question. So many people would be like, I don't know. I've asked, I've seen, ask people, they don't know. They don't even think in that mindset, like you were saying. So it really is, no matter what strategy, no matter what business you're running, no matter what you're doing to make the income, it all goes back to a deep understanding, it seems like, of you, yourself, and what's going on in here, and how to make yourself feel fulfilled. How do you think that you tapped into that so early on in your life? And what are you doing every day now to maintain fulfillment? Because I have a couple of guys, even yesterday, that wanted me to ask Steve Burns, so I'll ask you again here as well, what do you do to find fulfillment? And I know it has to do with who you are, your strengths, and your why, but past that, how do I even figure out what I want to do? You know what I mean? Right. So you just met, so you covered quite a bit there. So first of all, um, people say that they don't know what they would do, right? That is rubbish. You've, we've all got values and they're, they're displayed in our everyday life. Now, if you wanted to really start figuring out what that was, you would just ask these questions and it is, you know, what do you bring up in conversation most? Okay. Right. Where uh, the, the Corona pandemic, right? Here's a good one. If lockdown finished tomorrow, what's the first thing you'd oh, go and do? Yeah. Okay. What would you yeah. go and spend your money on first? What would you, yeah. you know, if if I was to ask your friends what you always talk about when you're out, what do they say? What, what are you known for? You know, is right. the football guy or the game guy or the, sure. you know, the trader sure. guy or the business guy? That There's going to be a common pattern in there, right? Which sure. is strongly aligned to something that you was born to do. And yeah. we're born with it. We're literally born with it. We're born with this thing in us where we fancy certain people and we like certain music and we like certain, we're academic or we're sports or we're creative and we like art and we like football. That's all in you from a very, very, you know, from, from six years old. And when you can see that theme and that thread through your life by asking those questions, that's what you're meant to do, right? You're meant to right. do something that's in alignment with that. And when you can serve people, by doing something like that and get paid from doing that, which covers your lifestyle costs, that is a truly inspirational life. Like that is a full inspired life in my what opinion. What I found, no, I totally agree. And that's a beautiful answer. What Riley's actually been doing with some of the guys that we work with is she's been doing one-on-one -on -one conversations with them where she has them take the Clifton strengths test and they identify their top five strengths. It's like 20 bucks. And she helps them realize what they want to do and why they do what they do based on those five top strengths. Like for me, my top five, my top three that I always remember, I'm an encourager, I'm a high achiever, I'm an educator, and I'm a learner. I always forget that's four. I, I always forget my fifth one. But those four play into everything. You see what I do every Absolutely. day. They play into everything. And that's why I've been so happy. And, and that's why I feel so fulfilled doing this. Because people ask me all the time, and I'm sure they've said it to you, why don't you go work for a bank and trade a fund and do it? Like, bro, to wear a suit every day? To go to yeah, right. live in a city every day like do you understand how happy this makes me versus that yeah. you know? it's so it's so true man and a lot of the time it's you, you you can kind of chase something that you see as a void in your younger years so for me at school i felt very um i felt that i lacked intelligence i was kind of the class dimwit you know and i was mm. I, I used to i used to be the class clown to kind of make up for it and now i educate people because I scaled yeah. up and I saw it right. as a, and you know, 
I, I see it as kind of something that I really wanted to get good at. And when you said about how do you stay inspired, you know, from a young age, yeah. it was only when I really started speaking that I just that I realized that I was able to take quite complex information and allow it to connect with people in a way that they understand. And I realized that I had a talent for that. And that was only like four years ago, that was literally four years ago. And that is something that really, really inspires me. That's why I write all those newsletters and do all the podcasts and everything. I love it. And, and you, I love it. And you mentioned four years ago, I, I was, I've been following you for a while. I was noticing on your YouTube channel as I scrolled back and looked through about two years ago, maybe three years ago, it looks like your content shifted a little bit from like, trading specific to more of the wealth building stuff so it it seems like there was a couple of mindset shifts that have happened in, in the last five years do any of them stand out to you uh yeah so one of, one of the things was when i when i started educating or helping out in trading education i saw a lot of people coming through basically the route that we were explaining earlier on where they were putting everything into trading and i and at, at the same time as well i was hanging around with a lot of really overachieving entrepreneurs right so my circle group was you know anyone from gold medalists in the olympics to you know people who were who were developing ai to celebrity photographers and that is really high-end group okay of people and they started asking me what how i was doing what i was doing and they kind of had this opinion of me that i was smashing life and all this and i was thinking you guys have got amazing businesses like what's going on and uh i had lunch with one of my mentors and i said listen why do you think that these people think look up to me like why 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 and he said they want time and he said i bet you if you calculate how much time they've got based on their income and their lifestyle expenses it's not very much and i started realizing that the people going into trading were doing so by betting their house on the trading account and then when I started asking these entrepreneurs about their lifestyle costs and, you know, if they were to lose their income today, how much time they'd have into the future before it all was, was evaporated, it was like 1.7 weeks. And I was like, they're on a treadmill, man. It doesn't matter how much they earn. If they're not educated in, in this stuff, then uh, they're never going to be wealthy. They're Earnings just gonna... doesn't even matter. It's a mindset, no matter how right. much money you make. There you go. So I was working with, you know, anyone from – just this year, I was uh, I was I was uh, mentoring a YouTuber. Got five million subs. Uh, the wow. guy's getting two hundred odd grand from YouTube ad rev, and I'm educating him on how to spend the money, right? <laughs> because every month it's gone, and I kid you not, it's it's gone. And I always think about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson had like three hundred and fourteen million dollars, and when and he lost all of it, it went right now. Even if you spent $200 million, okay, and you invested the $100 million, uh, by the way, spending $200 million is hard. That's and hard. You, like, that's it, not easy. It, it, <laughs> like, that's crazy. If you then took the $100 million and invested that, right, at, you know, 10%, even 5% per no, year. I was going to say, call it 5%, yeah. 5% per year. You're going to get something in the round of 50 to 100 Fifty to ninety thousand dollars per week, passive, without ever ever dipping into the hundred mil. So, so <laughs> when something like that happens, you have to realize there's a problem. Like there's there's yes. some kind of block there's something here. else going on. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I decided to start educating 
uh, more of the traders that were coming in and actually going, turn your way, you know, get this stuff right first, then consider trading. And it's basically just based on what I did. Yeah. And I feel like I've done that very similar, that similar thing where you kind of, you don't want to put people in a bad position. Being somebody like you or me, like as an educator, you want to help people. And if they're, if helping them is like, yo, you're not ready to jump into trading. You're not ready. Um, I feel like that's doing them the service. You know, that itself is serving them saying, bro, listen, I made mistakes. I've lost money. I don't, you don't want to go down that path, you know, when you're in a, in a, that mindset of survival. Right. Absolutely, man. With what you said about people wanting time. And I think this is a, a good spot for us to start to wrap this up. Why do you think people, it's a, it's a basic question, but I'm hoping you have a good answer for us. Why do you think people want time so much? Because time's all there is, man. And uh, of course, but why is it because they're scared of it? Like, are they scared it's going to run out? And that's literally it. It's like, we all fear death. So we're all just trying to enjoy life as much as we can before death. Right. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. So I think the thing, the reason that time is so important to me is because I want to be able to look back and not have regrets. So I, I want to be able to be in a place when I cash out on life where I'm not thinking, I wish I did that. I wish I did that. You know, um, I didn't do that because I was worried about someone, you know, rubbishing me. I, I didn't do that because I was fearful of what other people would say to me. So, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, we don't know how long we've got, right? So <laughs> for me, it's about making the most of every single second. Like right. it's about making the most, waking up and not spending any time worrying and, and kind of, uh, you know, living a disempowered life. I, I want to be able to experience the best experiences that I need. For Why me. do you hold yourself to such a high standard? You hold yourself up to this level of like, that you think you're so worthy to live that life of excellence. Where does that mindset come from? That comes from just giving yourself permission to- self and, and Yeah, self-respect. And look, if you're just saying, oh, this is it for me, you basically don't believe in yourself. You don't feel right. worthy and you're just right. happy to get- Look, no one's going to care. This is the thing. No one is going to give a crap if you achieve things that you wanted to achieve when you die. Only you. There's there's no one going to be around your deathbed going, oh, man, I'm so sorry you didn't do that thing. No Very one true. cares. No one cares. So it scares the crap out of me, right, getting to that point and not being in a place where I'll go, you know what, I've shared what I think was important. Um, I, I've made an impact in some people's lives and shifted the course and inspired some people and I'm set up for my family and my kids and they can do well and hopefully I've left them in a place now where they can share it on and and sure. just I don't want to and, and when it comes to time I just don't want to waste any time doing something that doesn't you know that I feel like I ought to do because someone else um, thinks you should you know I want to I want to and yeah, I mean, if I, I know we were saying about like one piece of advice, right? One yeah. piece of advice is just be authentic to yourself and do whatever the heck you want to do. Like do not ever let people's opinions be put Drive onto you. you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because everyone's got an opinion, right? There's, there's an opposing opinion to every single thing that anyone does. And if you're trying to keep everyone happy, you're gonna. You're never gonna stand out. You're never gonna be authentic. You're never gonna do what you want to do, and you're never gonna achieve the you're things never that you're be capable happy. of achieving. You'll never be yeah. happy. 
Never. No. no, I love it, man. Thank you. I mean, that was a, a great spot to end it. I love just everything that you're saying about owning your time, taking back control of everything. So for everybody that's listening, we had a, a good hour here almost. Where can they find you, Jason, to learn more about your other businesses, learn more about Always Free? Where can they find you? Yeah, look, I don't, um, I, I just recommend people listen to the podcast because uh, I, I love it. So it's called Always Free. It went to number one in a few categories on iTunes and you can go and check it out. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, if you, if you want to hit me a message, great. Awesome. Well, thank you again, brother. I appreciate it so very much. We'll see what the YouTube community thinks. Guys, if you're listening, drop comments for Jason down below. I'll make sure to forward them over to him and then maybe we'll have to bring him on for round two in a few weeks. <laughs> Amazing. Cheers, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much and I'll see you in the next episode.